let's confuse people first. And then we'll see what happens. Uh. Core idea in the theory of structural dissociation is that when a human being is a child, they do not have a unified personality. They are born with a bunch of ego states that are sort of free-flowing and each one takes its own role as a part of the child's survival. So one of them might be in charge of exploring the outer world. One of them might be in charge of making sure they eat enough. One might be in charge of becoming attached to an external caregiver and so on and so forth. And there are just these little bubbly ego states that uh, switch around in this baby's head. And then around the age six, sometimes up to age nine, uh, the ego states connect and form one unified personality. And once that happens, it is impossible to form DID. It has to happen before that cementation process occurs. What so normal development without CPTSD, without attachment trauma, is you have all these different emotional parts and different ego states floating around in your mind or something. And then they gel into one singlet. I think that's the term they use in DID. And that would happen somewhere around by age nine. And then for people with DID, uh, they don't form the one singlet. And then they internally fracture into different subparts. What happens with DID is that repeated severe trauma makes it so these little ego states have uh, basically conflicting interests. So one ego state might see caregiver as the source of food. The other ego state sees caregiver as the source of danger. And so these two contrasting ideas can So at DID, they would split with two different parts. But with codependence and uh, narcissism, they might uh, create a false self and then fixate on attachment and forget about food. Oh, that's kind of cool. Forget about food. See, no food. So they'll turn the food part into a shadow part, EP, and they'll create a fake front parentified attachment part. Forget your needs, focus on uh, attachment trauma. Cannot integrate together and so they stay separate. These separated ego states, these disconnected parts of... So DID, they would separate those two parts. I'll make an argument that codependence and narcissists would disown or shadow further need parts, I matter parts into the shadow and then put attachment, a false ego, a false self on how to parentify the parent or how to soothe people's emotions to make sure your attachment is secure. So you still have a, a fractured uh, ego state before age nine, but instead of doing DID where you separate all those different needs in, inside your head with different subpersonality, you fixate on attachment and your attachment fixation is externally. You're trying to externally contain where DID is 
internally containing. Though you still do both. You still do a little bit of internally messing with stuff, but you're fixated with manipulating other people's emotional states yeah. or soothing them. Is the one that's the forward front always the attachment one? Uh, well, that'd be your ANT, your apparently normal part, your most prominent so, uh, role, your superego, so your public role of navigating the world. That'll fit in more. Right now, we're just trying to get framework. So does this seal the external locus of control? Well, that's where it's external. So DID would be worried about external trauma, but they would internally contain with fragment, fragments, different parts in their head, where a codependent and narcissist would focus on other shared fantasy. In order for your fantasy to make sense, you have to con somebody else to join you in the fantasy. Or you have to join their con of a shared fantasy. You're containing through external locus of control through shared fantasy. Well, to get what? Comfort? Uh, to protect, uh, protect your trauma. Your traumatic memories are stuck in your, your Cause past because you can't process it. When that bubble That's coming pops. later. Get it. I'm just trying, I'm still thinking of the bubbles. So for me, I'm like, okay, if that one's pushed forward and it's happy, then this one, you don't care, it's gone. Well, let's throw this map. Okay. This isn't perfect, but this is just for DID. And uh, so this is supposedly a normal person. <laughs> Who knows if that's true? So the superego would be the ANT, and then ANT would have a trauma. So one trauma. Somebody with PTSD, one incident, would have their superego, ANT, an apparently normal part. And then they'd have their trauma, trauma experience, which is an EP. So when you have a traumatic experience, it's an experience that uh, your superego can't process. So it gets a fragment, it fragments in memory. And you get this one little memory gap or hole or spiraling, ruminating. Eric, Eric mentioned that. So simple PTSD is this. Complex PTSD, borderline personality disorder, OSDD, which is otherwise specified dissociative disorders, which <laughs> there's very little research on because all this is subjective. You'd have one main superego, complex PTSD. Then you'd have multiple sub EPs. Some might be like really inner child five-year-olds, or some might be teenagers. Some might be all kinds of fragmented traumas in your shadow. Secondary uh, structural dissociation. And I'd argue that maybe you can have in between EP and AMPs. So you have some advanced EPs that have some level of public uh, interaction. And you'd have some EPs that are very narrow, only one incident, like a robot. And then the DIDs are tertiary over there. And a DID has multiple ANPs. So that's alter 
alters, altered states. ANP is a... Yeah, we'll cover what that, that means in the video. That's the second yeah, half of the video of ANP and EP. And we'll repeat it later. And Chayton's helping. So DID is a person who fragments their psychology, their inner world, and they have different alters. And the different alters handle different things, different stresses. And then some alters or EPs will try to protect or persecute uh, inner children, uh, emotional parts, which are emotional flashbacks, using Grandin terms. You have emotional flashbacks that makes you relive the experience. And you ruminate in spiral, and then you have a fight between your superego and your flashback. But there could be multiple parts in there, AMPs and EPs. This is available at the webpage. I'll give you this link so you can research it. And there's a uh, terminology because there's a lot of terms. So at that webpage, there's a glossary of terms in addition to this diagram and some other stuff. Let's go back to the video. Where is it? I lost it. Why did it change screens? Damn you. Oh. Are people confused yet? Anyone dissociating? <laughs> well, let dissociating? me raise my hand. Let Watch me your raise hand. my well, raise your hand. My voice. Okay. I am I am disassociating. Um Okay. Is that new or different? Uh, well, I do that a lot, but I think uh, I was thrown by a lot of abbreviation. Abbreviation? What do you mean? I was trying to figure out what is ANP and EP, and so I missed half of the first half of what you were saying. So That's okay. You don't, but, there's no emergency here. This is being recorded so you can review the recording. Oh. And this link is on the webpage I just gave you. And the pictures I showed is also on the webpage. So there's no hurry. I am a trial. This will take everybody. some time to digest. But if you can get this, I think this will make you uh, understand your inner chaos a little better. And then you can navigate your dissociative That's states. I have no thoughts. Thank you. Okay. So now we go back to the earlier question of what's ANP and EP. So I think she covers this in the second half. Self can get categorized into two different categories. One is called an ANP, which stands for apparently normal part. These are parts of self that do not hold trauma. So like me or like Daniel, do not hold trauma. We are apparently normal parts. ANPs are the ones who are put in charge of outside living. Um, so school and social life and work and rest and eating and you know, all those parts that every person needs to fulfill in order to live healthy and happy. Then there are uh, your ANP is not your authentic self. It's just the 
parts. It's okay. a role. Yeah. So let's say you, you go to work and you're a manager and you're at home and you're a wife or husband or dad. Is that a different role? Do you have some mental switch when you go to work or interact at work versus home? When you have that switch of going into that role, is that your authentic self? So your superego of how you navigate the world, your A and P, that's not your authentic self. It's a, it's closer to your authentic self, but if you just try to latch onto that as your identity, then you get in trouble because uh, your EPs and your other, um, your other parts, when you integrate some of this unconscious content, then your A and P changes because now you have the experiences of all these fragmented memories and experiences and you get more energy, you get more meaning. So your A and P absorbs and merges, integrates with your other parts and your A and P changes. So if you think your current A and P is your authentic self, you're going to see integration as a threat. And a fusion as a threat. So then it mixes things up. If you were to see that as that's your core self. Your true spiritual self is your pure being. That's at the core of yourself. That's not on these charts. Are you ready for EPs? So the ANP doesn't hold trauma. That's probably a good, a good uh, difference. ANP does not hold emotional pain. It does not hold trauma. Steve, that's why it's functional, right? I mean, that's why it's the external persona that actually like navigates life because the world doesn't care about your trauma yes so your ant is a front for the world because the world if you were to share your trauma the world would hammer you down or they don't want that you have to be adult you can't be breaking down and whatever hyper vigilant acting out in public so your ant doesn't handle trauma the eps they do mr donald trump <laughs> That's the other part. So that's the externalized DID, which is the, the hard bridge. We'll see if we can cover that by the end. We'll see. That's hard. So EPs. Emotional parts or EPs. EPs are the parts of self that do hold trauma. EPs can be more one-dimensional than ANPs. Some emotional parts are stuck back in the trauma and their personality and their traits don't really exist beyond the trauma. They don't really have likes, dislikes, ambitions, stuff like that, that exist outside of the direct response to trauma memory. So EPs can be very one dimensional or they can be more complex but some can just be only that memory fragment. And then there's some EPs, which are persecutors or protectors. So their role is to protect another EP, an innocent inner child energy or trauma energy. And then there's a protector on, part, on top, which is an emotional part or a part that 
is sort of in, in between AMP and EP. But since the protector and the, the persecutors, they can handle traumatic, traumatic energy, they'd be more EP because the AMP can't handle trauma. So does this make more sense now? Or is this still confusing? It's kind of ugly visual, but... Well, it makes sense it's blocking the ANP, or it's like colluding it, right? Well, what happens is the ANP and the EP, they can merge. Eh. Which is when people shut down and like, can't get out no, of No, no, no. It's not shut down. So we're going to go deep and see because we're running at our wordy act two. Let's talk about her bow. I wish she would take it off. <laughs> so your main ANP, your host, your altar. In the case of the host, and host means the altar who is out most often, they generally won't know Damn it. that they have okay, the ID, there. that they have right. altars until either something. So the EP's goal is to keep the ANP your super ego from knowing about your tra your trauma. <laughs> your EPs, if they're successful, your protector, your persecutors, your super ego doesn't know about the traumas. It's in the shadow. The super ego can be totally oblivious. So they're going to use the terms here uh, as uh, your main alter, so your main uh, host, your main super ego. Of the host and host means the altar who is out most often they generally won't know that they have the id that they have altars until either something really dramatic happens and it comes to light or they're told by a professional or told by somebody close to them the id exists to protect the child and to protect the adult that they become from the knowledge of the horrific trauma that they have experienced if this person then realizes, oh, I have altars. Oh God, something terrible happened to me. Terrible things, plural, have happened to me as a child when nothing should have happened. Nothing bad, nothing this bad should have happened. I did not need to be stronger. I needed to be safe. That is exactly why the brain goes, oh, no, denial, whenever a lot of people who are diagnosed with DID or come to terms with having DID will go, <laughs> I must be faking it. You know, I, it can't be real because the whole brain goes into, they're not supposed to know about this. Oh my goodness, everything that we've... So the whole brain, all the EPs freak out when the altar, when your main superego finds out there's all this trauma history in your system. The EP's goal is to keep you, your superego, in amnesia, forgetting the traumas. Develop all these coping mechanisms throughout our life has revolved around making sure that the host never knows about this. So denial is very common. So we would blame the person for denial because other people can see your EPs take over, see you act out. Even you can sort of see yourself get taken taken over the moment and act out or not be yourself. But your EPs behind the scenes, if you aren't doing shadow work and you don't have uh, a framework for it, is just going to assume that 
that's just transient. You're not going to, because your ANP is not designed to handle trauma. It can't hold traumatic energy. And we'll give you an example of Richard Grannon's uh, EP part, if I can find it. Narcissists need to abuse. I pointed this out they before. They need to abuse because it's the only way they can export the pain. Mm -hmm. Think about so it like a... Don't focus too much on what he's saying, but focus on what he's saying in the context of how Grannon's body language looks like uh, EP. That's my argument. Country. Mm -hmm. A country has to export agricultural surplus. <laughs> so that posture... And his laughter, does it sound like a little kid? <laughs> what is Gwenon threatened by that he's laughing? What's the threat? It's an EP. It's not a threat. It's, he's reliving his trauma that isn't integrated into his superego. What is it that Batman's saying that is triggering? He's saying that the narcissist has to abuse people to dump trauma. It's scary to think that to uh, think about that in a global sense, because it basically means that there's constant projection of bad shit coming at you, right? But he could be having a flashback of how he got abused, and now he's seeing why his ex-girlfriend or whoever needed to abuse, because it was a dumping. So he's getting a mental framework by what he's saying, but he's reliving his EP part, not him. His EP is being triggered. He's dissociating. And his body is getting taken over by the EP. And after he, after he, he dissociates back, he's not going to remember that he got switched over using DID terms. Have excess trauma and excess pain. They export it. Yeah. Simple. And they always will. Now, don't just listen to the words. Listen to his laughter, too. Listen to the tone of his laughter and see what age he's at. only way they can export the pain. Mm -hmm. Think about it like a country. Mm -hmm. A country has... Mm -hmm. See that high tone? <laughs> That's sort of dissociating. To export agricultural surplus. <laughs> and that laughter, that's a muted humor trying to hide something. Does anyone see any hiding? He's holding his mouth. Yeah, holding his mouth, trying to keep himself solid. Stable, not dissociate, not relive some emotional flashback. His body language is very open, though. That's interesting. It's, it's open, but he's probably sitting in that posture. But is he comfortable while he's open, or is he sort of feeling exposed with his open posture? That well, I think he has stuff. both engaged. I think he has both the EP engaged and the AMP engaged. Yes. That's another thing people don't think. You think your EP takes over, but it just merges. There's a uh, DID has a term, like uh, you co-host or something. Uh, Singlet has a co-fronting is when more than one alters 
in control at the same time. Co-consciousness is more than one altar at the same time. Switch is when you switch between altars. Oh, here, feeling blurry or blurred is a state in which multiple altars are controlling the body at the same time. Multiple EPs? Or, well, they're or... just calling it alters. So alters yeah. can be EPs or AMPs or mixtures. The EP and APs, that's just the academic term. So it doesn't matter so much. But your EPs will merge with your system. You'll feel the trauma a little. You'll feel the inner child. Other people can see it more than you. But your superego is going to try to uh, take control again. And then it's just going to forget. How's that falling? Okay, how about this? Gabor Mate. Every time I give a public talk, I, I, I never fail to mention this, and, and I think it's really worth um, noticing the very phrase acting out. When we talk about kids who are acting out, it always means that they're doing something bad. But if you actually understand the, 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 the phrase has an English meaning, it is a very specific meaning. You act something out when you don't have words to say it in language. So that in, in, you know, in a country where in a game of charades, for example, you're not allowed to speak, so you have to act out. The message has to be behavioral, because it can't be verbal. So if we actually understood that children's acting out is in every case a message to do with the failure of the hierarchy to take care of them, then instead of punishing them for those behaviors, we would actually uh, take care of them. Put them, as Gordon says, put them in, really put them in their place. And not in a punitive sense, but in the sense of in the place in the hierarchy, then those behaviors would stop. And so acting out is when you lose language. And we covered that in the pain series, that when you have so much pain and trauma, you can't put it into language. So then you have to act it out. So by nature, your EPs, your unprocessed traumatic memory, you can't communicate. So your AMP doesn't have the language, can't have the language to talk to the EPs because by nature, it's sort of uh, nonverbal. And then there's a actual part of the brain that actually Ventromedial prefrontal cortex. This, <laughs> this area of the brain regulates negative emotions like fear. Because this area of the brain shrinks in people who have PTSD, the ability to deal with and process these emotions is diminished. Because of this, people with PTSD may experience extreme fear, distress, anxiety, even in regards Hypervigilance, randomly like Farhad was saying, <laughs> without a trigger because a shrunk ventral medial PFC.
to things that seem to be completely unrelated to their trauma or only very mildly connected as it's very difficult for this area of the brain to regulate itself now that it has shrunk in size. You may have seen brain scans where it's painfully visible that certain areas of the brain are much more active and light up a lot more than in people who don't have PTSD. This is the amygdala. Trauma has been shown to increase activity in the amygdala region of the brain. This area of the brain is also linked to processing fear responses and other emotional responses. It communicates with the hippocampus to decide whether things are safe. So, okay, this is an experience that's happening. How do I feel about this? Is this situation safe? And if the response is no, then boom fear is released or panic or anxiety. It's responsible for questioning, okay, do I need to start up stress release hormones? Do I need to get the body ready to run? Is this situation dangerous? So as this area of the brain has become hyperactive and is communicating with the already slightly damaged hippocampus, the communication between them is going to be warped and will often result in Distorted. the wrong or slightly distorted version of events which will mean that often the reaction is ah yes this is a dangerous situation release all the fear all the hormones all these emotions especially as both these Tons areas of, of the brain are responsible for processing emotions it just gets a little bit hectic so this affects your emotional regulation and also can cause distorted views of a situation you get distorted views then the narcissist can take your distorted views and amplify. So can you go like, can you, uh, the start of this where it was like now because of this, here's where you're at. What, what was the rationale behind this occurring? The PFC trauma. So the trauma, but because the EP did what to the, what happened? The with EP is, uh, contains traumatic memories that are unprocessed. This is now, you need to know what PTSD is. Yeah. So this one will give some framework. Wow. Let's see if there's any other questions. Farhad said that he identified with the amygdala hijack, right? What's an example of N narcissist amplifying? Well, you have, you're seeing ghosts and you're whatever, you're acting out because your amygdala is hypersensitive. Then the narcissist can jump in and gaslight you more because you want to try to make sense of the world because uh codependent is external focuses too much external locus of control so you're grasping at straws to get some stability in the world through somebody else narcissists will be around you they'll take it as an advantage to dump more of their abuse on you that uh, vacuum was talking about earlier We can cover that more later, but definitions of PTSD, because if you don't understand the basics of PTSD, then your superego is a bit uh, diluted. You think you can think your way out of trauma or you think your way out of EP, but the EP and trauma are fra memory fragments that are unintegrated. So every time you refeel that memory fragment, you relive it. That's your trigger. That's your emotional flashback. That's your uh, hijack, yeah. 
At the most basic level, PTSD is a memory filing error which is caused by a traumatic event. When you do experience a traumatic event, your brain will switch into survival mode. This means that although normally as you're experiencing life, your mind will be processing what's happening and creating memories of the experience that you're having, but if you're experiencing a trauma, the brain will suspend some of its normal functions. This will generally shut down normal operations that would be going on in day-to-day -day life, such as the creation of memories and memory processing. The brain thinks, considering what's happening now, this could be a life or death situation. Either way, it's something intensely traumatic and difficult and could be a threat to my life. What's important right now is getting my heart rate up, getting ready to run, getting ready to escape this danger or get out of this situation alive and as unimpacted by it as possible. So more important things right now might be sending adrenaline to your muscles. So right here, she's also dissociating and she's being aware she's dissociating. So she's opening her eyes and grounding herself because she's developed the ability of self-awareness of dissociation. Because if she dissociates too much, she switches to another altar. <laughs> Which is useful to see DID people, because they're more exaggerated what they're dissociating. Or for her, she's videotaped her switches, so then you can see her switch personalities. Which is she's a different topic. Yeah. Oh. But she's DID where she cares about reality testing. That's one of the things I found with uh, a lot of DID people. They give you the research and they're trying to be very precise in what they're saying. Where codependents and narcissists are addicted to shared fantasy. So the references and the research is always typically fuzzy and abstract. <laughs> with these DID people, they're very uh, uh, specific on reality. <laughs> having research, having evidence being very precise. Souls, for example. So memory processing can take a back seat until we're out of this situation. So when you get PTSD, your normal memory processing, your normal experiencing gets put on hold and you get a bunch of adrenaline and energy to fight the danger. Fight, flight, fawn, whatever. But those memories are still in your body, unprocessed. And then a, an emotional part forms to contain that memory, to give it a signature. We need to be safe first and foremost. Because of this, until the danger passes, the mind doesn't process the memory of that event in a normal way because it suspended its memory processing functions. This means that when the brain goes back to that little file of the experience to present it to the person to be processed as a memory, it can be very, very distressing. Why? Why is it distressing, you might think? The person has already been through this. They've already done it. Why is it so distressing for it to come up again? The issue is that the brain doesn't recognize this experience as a memory because it hasn't been filed as one. So when the brain presents it to the person to get ready to process it as a memory, the brain thinks that this is an event that's happening right now. The facts of Flashback. You have an emotional flashback, flood your system, you relive the experience. It feels like that trauma is happening right now, but you don't have context. Also, you get flooded with your A and P and your EP merging. 
combining multiple parts merge into your system, which adds more confusing confusion because your super ego is used to not having uh, interference. What happened during the trauma will be relived as if it was happening in that very moment, which includes sensations, feelings of physical touch, sights, smells, sounds, taste, vision, movement, smell, all of it exactly how it was. And the brain isn't able to distinguish that this isn't happening right now because it hasn't been filed as a memory yet. This experience is presented to the mind in the form of a flashback where you re-experience everything that happened during a trauma as if it was happening in that very moment. And you lose time because you go back to that time signature. You get dissociated from current time so you can relive that and ruminate could be 10 minutes 30 minutes an hour and you're also vulnerable because you're distracted by your reliving your memory so the narcissist or somebody else can now mess with you this was addressing brenda you asked about eps yeah how they form does that Fill yeah. in some gaps? No, it does. It's just... So how many people are getting dissociated or triggered by just this? I keep thinking about the fact that no one has seen these. Like, they don't have any evidence of this. Like, this is great in theory, but where's the actual map of the brain that should... Like, you can't point and go, right there. That's an ANP. Right there. Like, so I get it. It's a little abstract. Yeah, Ponset. Uh, did brain opened up uh, mice brains what did and mapped out mapped out like a seven core system and that was part of my uh, blog post which broke down some of the parts that Yak Panset opened up rat brains and I linked those parts with my EPs when I was going through my trauma and slowly as I get more uh, Neuroscience, they can see brain parts lit up. So people who have BPD, they have certain areas of their amygdala and other sensitive parts that are reading danger. That's uh, hypersensitive versus normal. Yeah, that makes, I mean, that part makes sense. And then if you videotape yourself and you let me trigger you, then I'll try to activate as many EPs and then you can watch yourself and then you can argue if they, they it's already been done. It's already been done. <laughs> <So, laughs> we have a lot of data. <laughs> and if you do IFS, which somebody mentioned earlier, internal family systems, you can talk to your EPs and you have a conversation with them through different methods, guided visualizations, and you can have a conversation, get their story, get their age, and then you can feel out your EPs and then you can argue whether they exist or not. So the idea is to process that flashback. Well, the EPs are holding your trauma. Mm -hmm. When you had PTSD, you couldn't process the trauma because there's a bigger threat. Your brain shuts down higher function to get you to not die. <laughs> so then there's a memory fragment that the EP holds. And then uh, in the future, you get triggered. You get a flashback. 
because that trauma trauma memory doesn't have a time signature. Because isn't that how the EPs are created? It's, uh, with a new trauma, um, a new EP might might come about, right? Because like you're saying, that holds the trauma. So you might splinter with, with excessive trauma. Oh, well, you, if you can't, if you get flooded or you get overwhelmed, you splinter and create a new uh, EP. Let me see. I think I have a nice graphic, even though my resolution is crap. Because for, and I, I, I don't know the situation on this call, but I would imagine many people it's going to be either that first, first option or that second option where the apparently normal part there's just there there'll be just one and then depending on how much trauma it'll be how many emotional parts <laughs> there will be right like so being a did is kind of rare i thought right like it's about the same as red hairs oh interesting mm. but it might not just be did i'm saying codependent i'm making an argument that codependence and narcissist is also a dissociative disorder the step you externalize, where DID internalizes in fragments. A codependent fixates on an external uh, containment, shared fantasy. But codependent and narcissists also probably have inner fragments. So this is a picture of different parts, those colors. Then you face a stressor, okay? After you face a stressor here, external stressor external stressor the parts can't handle can't contain the extra stressor so what they do is it splits and creates this red part a new ep from the new trauma oh and then you can have uh, what Yellow holds memory of trauma, and then blue is denial of trauma. Hmm. So blue could be the AMP or superego. This reminds me of Inside Out. Yeah, that's very common to uh, IFS. So then the integration process is for the blue part to stop denying the existence of yellow. And then slowly they can integrate. That's the hard part. Because it's easier just to say doesn't exist. Because to your AMP, your AMP doesn't know how to hold trauma. So it doesn't feel like it exists. Oh, oh so let's see. So if blue tries to get yellow and it can't. So your uh, AMP can't merge or integrate with your. EP, it can form a green part, another EP. So the, your superego's awareness of your EP can create another EP. Because it's traumatizing to know that you have a fucked up history that you didn't know about. So they'll create another EP to create another barrier between you and all your trauma. So question about that. New split. Uh, it's very... Brenda. So... Um, something that happened, and I think this is normal, people will, like, this happened with, with my experience. He was told he had all this stuff, 
And for like a little bit, he owned it only when it served him. And then the minute he was like out of it, free, if you will, he, I think it's dissociation basically formed a story in which none of that was true. None of it was true. Like they were all wrong because of this. And actually this is how it worked. And now I'm going to go over here and do this. Like it was as if it never happened the way that it did. Uh, like, well, what happens is people who have DID or narcissism, all the parts uh, don't communicate with each other. So you can have parts that are totally oblivious to other parts. So a normal person would have all these parts merged together or somewhat communicate to, to each right. other. With DID or narcissism or even BPD, maybe they separate into their own dots, their own worlds, so they don't naturally talk to each other. You can go to therapy or you can go to other mechanisms to try to get them to build a bridge and talk to each other. IFS does that through conversation. So, so the parts are separate. They honestly don't know because that altar is separate from the other altar, the other EPs. They're dissociated. They're not associated. They're separate. Well, so does the narcissist false self play a role in what Brenda's talking about in terms of keeping that you know, rewriting the history or keeping, you know, it's the, it's the uh, grandiosity or the grandiose self that... Well, that's diving into false self, which is more, it's not a DID framing. Though DID can have an, an alter, which is NPD. But the narcissist false self is sort of an externalized self, which is the bridge, which I was going to try to do at Act 3, which is almost here. <laughs> So yeah. I guess we'll throw that in. But so, we might need to do it in two weeks because this is not, no one's done this. Well, maybe we Even should. Even though Grannon and Vaknin talked about dissociation, but they don't frame the healing in dissociative terms. They just try to fix the superego or it's uh, window dressing. You aren't addressing the EPs. The unintegrated, unintegrated parts all your trauma parts, that's why you're fucked up. If your trauma parts are integrated, then you become more, your A and P becomes more you. And now you can grow up and become an adult and stuff. Let's see, where shall we go? So this is, I don't know if this will fall, but let's see. Codependency is a state of being broken boundaries, highly emotionally dysregulated, and having a neurotic, trauma-based response to stress and to challenges, particularly when those challenges are related to emotional vulnerability and intimacy. So his definition is sort of, can be framed into uh, dissociative terms. So we got here. So this emotional landmine. And then with this minefield on a daily basis, what you have to do, run all the way around your own minds. Oh, circuitous route. 
you going through landmines every day, that's you avoiding EPs. You being this. This is codependency, ladies and gentlemen. It is a neurotic drive. No choice, no freedom to serve, to serve, to submit. What are you serving over? To supplicate. It is a terror of negative emotions. Negative emotions. And in others. What's holding negative emotions? What's holding the trauma? Your EPs. You're using other people and your role as a rescuer to keep busy so your EPs don't get triggered. You don't get a flashback. And it's your whole life avoiding your negative emotions and other people's negative emotions. And then it becomes your identity. You think that's your authentic self, your superego of just navigating landmines, doing this. And then with this minefield, on a daily basis, what you have to do, run all the and way you're good around at it. You your can own navigate mines. your EPs, navigate oh, everybody else's. circuitous route. But that's just you. So question, damn. I feel like there's about a million EPs that I'm navigating around. I mean, it's been a lifetime just processing. Yes. Okay. But you don't know any better. Yeah. So this is the hard frame. Oops. There. Uh, that uh, codependence and narcissists have a relational dissociation disorder. You have tons of dissociation and you compensate by dumping into relationships, by being codependent, dependent on the relationship for structural con containment, for an identity. I'll need more time for that in two weeks, but let's go back to his definition. And we have a question and then Brenda's question. So re-listen to this definition of codependence broken boundary state codependency is a state of being broken boundary highly emotionally dysregulated and having a neurotic trauma-based response to stress and to challenges particularly when those challenges are related to emotional vulnerability and intimacy all that's describing excessive dissociation and excessive dissociation is describing tons of trauma, tons of EP parts that aren't integrated within your shadow. Does awareness of the AMP create an EP by dissociating, dissociating from the AMP? Is dissociation also afraid of confrontation or avoiding confrontation? I would say the confrontation part, I was going to try to close with that. But... Sorry, I do that at work too. <laughs> um, so There's a protector part that DID people have that's very strong that I think codependence disown. You try to disown your protector. This is a protector part. Uh, 
people are saying cruel things about you. Wait. And you can't help but take too many screens. Remember why you're here. And it is not for them. Jesus. You have value if people are saying So this is Jade. This is one of her protector parts. But there's another part that does all the makeup. So the protector part Jade probably didn't do makeup, but she's channeling Jade. This is a protector part of her little parts. If people are saying cruel things about you, and you can't help but take it to heart, remember why you're here. And it is not for them. You have value in yourself. You do not need to earn your value by proving anything to anyone. You were born. You were created. You were split. Whatever. You exist. Therefore, you are. You have value. Inherently. Do not forget your importance to yourself. And if you cannot find it, let the other people in your life show you. Fight for it. If you feel nobody is fighting for you, there is Listen. no therapist with stars in right her here. eyes. What do you do? You need to fight for you. But please know that wherever you post about us on the internet, it will likely get back to us. We are people too. And we are doing our best. Lots of love, everybody. I call this part, when I integrated my protector part, the inner rebel. So my inner rebel came in line when I had to stand up to a BPD attack online. And I did the right thing. But that wasn't enough to link my uh, protector part back. I needed somebody else who was a third party in private chat to say that this person, Solara, also did this BPD bullshit. And I could talk it out with this, this other person that Solara was distorting reality, gaslighting me in this public forum. And then when I made sense of it, then my protector part, not Jade, but I call it inner rebel, got integrated into my AMP. Here's another flavor of Jade. Littles who have no trauma and they embody the childhood that we wished we had. So they are carefree as children should be. They are joyful and trusting and happy. And I can speak. Now, this is how you hold boundaries with your protector part from this state of energy, not from your superego that's trying to run away, navigating all the emotional landmines from a protector part. <laughs> this kind of energy. Or from disgust, the emotion of disgust for iPhone. For the rest of the system, as well as myself, when I say that I will do anything to keep them safe. I do believe that many of you are very naive about the kinds of things that can happen in this world, especially to children. And then there's persecutor parts. I didn't get time to research persecutor parts, but uh, narcissists probably externalized their persecutor. And then codependents internalized their persecutor with inner critic.
So you both have persecutor parts, but it's not protecting your system. <laughs> it's just attacking your inner world. And the narcissist is using their persecutor to try to manipulate other people. So there's no boundaries. <laughs> but here's a taste of persecutor. Uh, hopefully people won't be dissociated. I love persecutor parts because persecutors are holding trauma energy. They're the ones that are actively holding it. Uh, protector parts are gatekeepers. They accept that this person is allowed, that they, they set boundaries up. Persecutors are defending the boundaries. Well, this is the most stupid thing I've had to do in a while. You do realize this is literally just talking to a camera, right? <laughs> this is stupid. This is so stupid. It is. It's, yeah. I feel like an idiot. Hello, Very my honest. name is Ruby. I am an ex-persecutor turned protector of the system, the dissociated system, roles. apparently, as we're now called. Stupid name. Stupid name. I've been told I have to do this. So here I am talking to a camera like a My name is Ruby. I'm in my 30s. Not really any of your business exactly how old I am. I know people are going to be like, oh, Ruby's a dick or Ruby's really, really rude. Honestly, I don't give a shit. You can say whatever you want about me. I'm like this for a reason. And frankly, I don't really care to change. I've done enough of that. So I used to be a persecutor. If you don't know what that is, educate yourself. Videos on the channel. Chloe will probably link one somewhere if you want to know what the hell that is. But it basically means that I was a bad alter. I used to harm the body, generally do not nice stuff. I never hurt anyone else. I never would oh, hurt no, anyone else him. except in self-defense. I exist to keep the system physically safe. If somebody came to fight us or something or we needed to physically defend ourselves because someone was like literally punching us or something like that, I'm the one who would front. I've got very high pain tolerance. I'm good at assessing Mm, I mean, I think I'm good at assessing danger. Apparently, I jump into it Bad way too quickly. Crazy. But hey, Bad I'm getting crazy. better, all right? I'm trying my best. I'm not always an I'm quite maternal. I enjoy playing with the littles. I don't look after them, but I enjoy, like, Ooh. being around children. To protect them and care for them, you know, you know. I'm a trauma holder. I will never, ever, ever talk about the trauma I hold. Or especially not on this channel. <laughs> no. Keep Thank it you. private. No. Keep your trauma story to yourself. I'm a lesbian, butch. <laughs> I have red hair. I've been told I look okay. like red from orange to the new black. I existed. My computer's stuck. Okay. Back. So I own a lot of uh, persecutor energy also. So sometimes I call people stupid and I think, do your own work. That's your persecutor energy. She a persecutor. She was a former persecutor, who's now a protector. Wait, but is she going to change do, roles? Is she going to do when that's persecutor? What? Is she going to do what? Is she going to do one that's her as a persecutor? Energy. Uh, I don't know if she still has one. You can research. I just discovered her yesterday. Yeah. So part two, I'll try to give you a more complete landscape of all the inner world. But that's the one that attacks our inner world persecutor here in the glossary let's see is an altar within a system who accepts holds processes or expresses forbidden negative emotions 
such as identification with abusers. This is done sometimes with the intention of protection, but non-conventional methods are often used, which can sometimes end up harming the system. So if your inner critic is attacking you, your inner system, persecutor energy is typically inner critic. Also at the uh, webpage link, so you can find the references. And then protector energy is the ones that's setting up boundaries. That was Jay earlier. So if you're disconnected from your protector part and your persecutor part, and you want your superego to manage these emotional parts, it doesn't have the tools. Your superego, A&P, can't hold trauma. <laughs> there's no ability, there's no capacity, there's no uh, something. It's false self. So let's see if I can link this. I don't know if it will. But. It's very, very much others focused. Oh, so both it? of these are completely obsessed with others. To a degree, you could say the uh, NPD predator is obsessed with uh, others' perceptions and controlling those perceptions. And the codependent prey narrative becomes more obsessed with other people's needs and satiating those needs. These are both roles born of trauma. This is born of trauma. So that's dissociating. And then a codependent narcissist have fight or fawn. And those are other focused strategies to externalize the oh. containment where DID fractures subparts inside. A codependent narcissist, they fracture their superego part outside to fight or fawn. But then it's black and white also. So you split a dichotomy. So you become a fawner outside and then you internalize your inner critic. Where a narcissist might be the opposite. They externalize their inner critic and everybody else's blame. And their inner critic might be rescuing them by constantly rewriting history to so keep the shared fantasy up. Say the narcissist part again. So a narcissist externalizes with the fight. So fight fallen. So they fight externally. Inner critic acts out. Great at blaming, right? Mm -hmm. Then internally, right. they fawn. So internally, they're writing their fantasy. They're constantly writing their story, their grandiose story. They're using their inner critic or their internalized inner critic as inner fawner, inner fantasy. Like Trump's trying to himself, convince himself that he won the ele election. <laughs> so everybody that's giving him bad feedback, he's kicking out. So Giuliani's in there and he's genuinely thinking somehow he's going to pull this off because the, he's blaming the people that give him reality, only picking people that sort of join a shared fantasy. And he has an inner part, his inner fawner, that's deluding him. Just like you as a codependent will give people cookies to delude them, right? They'll say, Is that cookie? Is that cookie? Is that cookie? They'll say, Oh, you're great. You're not terrible. You lie to people to make them feel good. 
you're deluding people externally <laughs> to have shared codependence. Narcissus internalizes their deluder <laughs> and they're telling themselves rewriting the history constantly do of they, internal font. Do they believe what they're told from the codependent? Like, does it actually, like, did they, if so? If it matches their internal fawning, if it matches their grandiose shared fantasy delusion, sure. Wow. So, think of your inner critic. How active is it? Overblown. Yeah. How constant is it? How much energy does it have? Imagine if you had the opposite. You had an inner fawner who constantly would repeat grandiose fantasies in, in your head constantly. That's this part that you guys don't get or you guys keep fighting. Well, it's, it's uh, almost hard to think that way. It's, it's hard to fathom because you know how when something is so far-fetched that you you literally you can't even empathize like you can't you don't get it right because like, we don't yes that's why the structural dissociation framework allows you to sort of see it. if you're a codependence and your dichotomy opposite of the narcissist like he's describing here you externalize your fawner you internalize your critic the narcissist just does the opposite so the opposite, you can see their external critic. That you'll believe, right? That's easy to believe. The inner fauna, that's hard to believe. But they say it, like right here. He constantly rewrites it. He has like 200 versions of the, of the same event. The constant rewriting is that inner fauna to create, rewrite the story to narrate that fits the grandiose story. He constantly rewrites it. He has like 200 versions of the, of the same event. So you both are lost in fantasy, except it's a dichotomy where the codependent externalizes the fawner. Narcissus externalizes the critic. Both dissociative disorders, which I'll have to frame better in two weeks, because this, this is hard. Let's see if there's anything less than 10 seconds. Black and white thinking. This is a dichotomy. And nothing in the real world is a dichotomy. Only a child reduces the world to these uh, simple dichotomous models. And let's see. If I'm so this. dissociative that all my hard disk is wiped clean once a year. Why would I bother? So, narcissism is a dissociative disorder. He's described it multiple times. Then he says his hard disk is wiped clean. That's the memory gaps. But the memory gap is his inner fauna constantly going to try to keep the rigid map of reality constant. That's why they're distracted constantly and you can use that against them. Because their inner rewriter is constantly trying to keep their narrative in check. So they're not going to see anything that doesn't match in the real world. So you just slowly position the environment to flood them 
and destroy their uh, fantasy. To save files. Why would he bother with advice, with help, with strategies, with coping, with therapy, therapy even? Why would he bother with himself if there's no self, no emotions, no empathy, no ability to interact meaningfully with other people? Nothing there. Nothing there. Just an enormous emptiness and void and deep space and howling winds in a hall of mirrors. Now, why is nothing there? He doesn't have a mechanism to integrate his EPs, to integrate his traumatic parts. Then he has no self. There's nothing there because he's rewriting. His inner fauna is rewriting constantly. And his EPs never get integrated. Codependent is navigating the emotional landmine, which is also avoiding the EPs. And then with this minefield on a daily basis, doing this, what you have to do, run all but at least you're navigating your, your own mind. EPs. Oh, it's be like ignoring root. Yeah, a narcissist is just like giant gaps because they're so distracted by the inner fauna. They're manipulating everybody else with their grandiose focus to get other people to fit to their shared fantasy. There's no space to navigate EPs. At least a codependent is navigating these landmines. And then with this minefield, on a so at least you have some awareness that there's EPs. The Narcissus is not doing this. They're not navigating. They're just running over other people's root. EPs and they're oblivious to emotional parts. Therefore, they're hollow inside. Because without your traumatic memory, your memories, that's a giant part of your history. Where are we at? Did we cover some of this? And then we have seven minutes. I keep thinking about how the, the people that are NPD, at least the ones that I've, no, my, my little dichotomy is key. No, my little uh, experience with it meaning like the three, they were so shiny and bright with regard to their job, right? Like they were forward facing and um, I'll never forget, he presents well, right? My ex-husband, of course he does, right? So it's funny to me that so many of them are these like charismatic driven people that are, are, are usually so bright, they fill up a room, you know, how can they do that and navigate that almost to perfection by, you know, all of that energy while external, they're focused on the other. They're ignoring their inner parts. They're ignoring their inner world. It's like they're excessively focused on the outside. Mm -hmm. And they practice, they look at movies or at a prior meeting, someone, some narcissists were told that I was told that they watch movies and they just kept watching and just copied the what the movie did, the scripts of the movie, like a cold robot. Charm isn't hard now. Now you've got tons of YouTube video channels that tell you how to yeah. manipulate people. Has anyone else has had issues where they took your story and then told it to another person and then you find yeah. out about it? You're like, that's, 
That happened to me, not you. Like, did anyone else? They'll steal your story. They don't care. It's a good story. Change some things. Perfect. Drink your milkshake. (laughs) So where are we at? What's up? Okay, how about this? Another example of Granin. Question. Richards are expert today. You are not expert. Here's the question. If you are... Beef, you're a savage, You can't always sock the bully in the the mouth. This is fun. Because you could be endangering yourself and your family. He answered that because I said... He answered that question. The narcissists that control our whole economic system... So I'm using persecutor energy. You, uh, you, you, got, you got you got muted, homie. <laughs> then I muted him. <laughs> and then Granon's enjoying it. But he's noticing the inner child comes out because he has some intuition. So he tries to call it out. You're not letting me moderate. How are it's... you not letting me moderate? Because he answered that question. Richard said, if you have a moral philosophy that makes you vulnerable, then it's your moral philosophy that's wrong. So that's my protector part, setting boundaries, saying why he crossed the boundary, boundaries and why he was punished. So protector and persecutor energy. There's um there's there's something that's that, that's 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 happening here that's really useful for everybody who struggles with codependency, which is. So he's noticing, inner parts, emotional flashbacks happening. So then he frames it very good. It's coming. Um, when we get to the core issue, which is a, this is a this is a core issue, the super ego kicks in and starts going no 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 no. So this is my style. I let the trigger happen, and then freak out your super ego. Your super ego freaks out, but if I can keep you in that EP place, there's some integration. Because if your super ego can take over shut down your EP, then you're just procrastinating next time. There's no integration. If I can keep your superego freaked out, model persecutor energy, prosecutor or protection energy, setting proper boundaries. Now I'm talking to your inner parts that are abandoned, your inner abandoned persecutor, your inner abandoned protector, to show you, model to you, that your superego doesn't have to do that job. Your superego sucks at that job because the superego can't contain any trauma. Because it, it's the taboo. You're, we're moving into the area that's the taboo area. Um, so as Alex says, it's like a triggering. We What's a taboo area? Minefield. So you jump out of heart, which is where I'm taking you to, because I'm like, be red-blooded, fight. And you go, uh, oh, no, that sounds dangerous. Whoop, straight up in. You jump out of heart. You jump out of your trauma. You jump out of your EPs, your emotional flashbacks. You go to your head. Super ego. AMP, protector parts, away from your feelings. It's ahead. There must be a way of intellectualizing my way out of this. And then watch him soothe people because he hasn't integrated his, uh, he's still codependent. So he's rescuing everybody else's potential EPs by softening this delivery. 
How's your softened delivery? But you're right because you're vulnerable. You're right because you're vulnerable. So he's giving a carrot, a cookie to your superego. You're right. It makes you vulnerable. If you go into heart and you do what I'm mm. suggesting, there's risk. This is intellectualizing. So he's just warning you about intellectualizing. <laughs> Getting out of heart. Then he's feeding your intellectual part. <laughs> Why yeah. is he doing that? He got to the juice. Brenda? What was his point? That you're vulnerable because you've you're able to get into and uh, access the EPs and then integrate them somehow. His point was he's uh, he's trying to bring you to heart, and I'm trying to bring you to heart. That's where your EPs are are at. Got it. But what happens is when you go to heart, your super ego freaks out. You feel vulnerable. You intellectualize. He's aware <laughs> enough to see it, but he's still doing the same pattern right here. He told you the path. Yeah. But now he's soothing your intellect. He's talking to your superego. Because he hasn't fully integrated his EPs. I'm using EP inner rebel energy for protection and persecuting. I'm not using superego to, to hammer down on John. He's still using superego. Or more superego. Oh, 7.30. We have another 20 seconds. Let's see. There is tremendous risk. And so if we're risk averse, that can be part of codependency. It's a risky world. It's a risky world. Now he's like comforting you. Oh, it's a risky world. Poor pitiful you. Let's join in pity. Where's he going here? And we have to be courageous enough uh, to take those. That is not a courageous tone. <laughs> Jade was talking courageous tone. This is like a pacifying tone to say, we have to be courageous in this pacifying, comforting. Which takes us into the realm of Adler and, and all of that, where Adler would say 90% of the problems people face, lack of courage. It's just a simple lack of courage. Strong message, lack of courage, but wrong tone. Courage. Let's contrast to Jade and then we'll finish the formal part. Littles who have no this is protector energy, and they embody the childhood that we wished we had, so they are carefree, as children should be. They are joyful and trusting and happy. And I can speak for the rest of the system as well as myself when I say that I will do anything to keep anything. them safe. Anything. I do believe that many of you are very naive about the kinds of things that can happen in this world, especially to children. You need to fight for you. I will do anything to keep them safe. I will do anything to keep them safe. Part two, two weeks. And there's a forum to discuss and research offline. Can't do everything in one sitting. <laughs>